mushrooms. Another singled out the elusive tannins of tea and frozen food processing of Chinese vegetables. Terrifyingly, one neurologist recounted treating a stroke in an otherwise healthy patient. Inexplicable, save for the fact that three hours earlier, the man had eaten Chinese food. The rapidity in which MSG became a nationally recognized health threat is astonishing, especially given that it was 1968, a time when telephone wires and printed paper still regulated the spread of information. Less than two months after Kwok's letter, the New York Times ran an article under the headline, Chinese Restaurant Syndrome Puzzles Doctors. Within six months, the prestigious journal Nature published research by scientists who definitively identified MSG as the culprit, and alarmingly pointed out that it lurked everywhere, not just in Chinese food, TV dinners, canned goods, seasoning, even baby food. Utterly convinced by their research, the authors of the Nature article sought out a young lawyer advocate named Ralph Nader, with whom they campaigned to have MSG removed from baby food and stricken from the Food and Drug Administration's generally recognized as safe list. In October 1969, Gerber, Hines, and Squibb Beechnut caved to enormous public pressure and announced that their baby food would no longer be made with MSG. And on April 4, 1970, two years to the day from the publication of Quark's letter, the National Research Council ruled that MSG was fit for human consumption, but not necessarily by infants, a cryptic pronouncement that only heightened safety concerns. For millions of sufferers, the discovery of MSG sensitivity came as a tremendous relief. Headaches, upset stomachs, aching joints, cold sweats, colicky babies. Finally, the mystery of endless recurring ailments had been solved, and the solution made sense. Most domestic cooks were unfamiliar with monosodium glutamate, a foreign, scary-sounding chemical. Food industry spokespeople were calling for calm deliberation, proof positive they were hiding something big. After all, if there was no need for concern, why did they go ahead and remove MSG from baby food? But amid the outcry against MSG, science marched on, ever skeptical of snap judgments and anecdotal evidence. After many rigorous studies, the panic proved unfounded. In contrast to popular belief, clinical trials strongly suggested that MSG did not produce symptoms like migraines. Today, food allergy experts believe the overwhelmingly majority of reactions to MSG are psychological, not physiological. According to the 2013 edition of Food Allergy, Adverse Reactions to Foods and Food Additives, a comprehensive reference manual for hospitals and private practitioners, there is little doubt about the rarity of MSG symptom complex, even among individuals who believe themselves to be MSG sensitive. In other words, your MSG headaches are probably just headaches. But when it comes to food sensitivities, people are incredibly unwilling to question self-diagnosis. 
That would mean the problem was psychological to begin with. And there's something intensely disturbing about the notion that we can make ourselves sick. Psychology, not physiology, becomes the mechanism of illness, and the individual displaces bad food as the source of blame for their suffering. This can make us feel vulnerable, stupid, and weak, as though we have the choice to be better, but lack the mental acuity to manage it. On top of all that, it's hard not to feel like a psychological explanation trivializes your condition, hence the expression, it's only in your head. And so, the myth of MSG sensitivity lives on. Among those who believe they react to MSG, the long-standing conclusion of allergists borders on heresy and often provokes extreme anger. Here are two representatives.